guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. Here we go. Vocabulary, offer and assistance. This is going to lead into a big reading. Uh, and this reading, of course, is about charity matters. But this one and the relations that you see and things that are enveloping around the world, we're going to dive into these six vocabulary terms. And first and foremost, discuss the differences between the pairs. You can do that by looking at my blog first. And then you can refer back to this podcast and listen to, of course, my stories about these. So, voluntary. A voluntary, something like volunteering, right? A volunteer is a person. Volunteering is something that you do. Voluntary, that means you're doing it without payment or without any remuneration doing something for free, kind of like my ESL podcast. I'm doing this because I love to do this. Do I get paid by Buzzsprout? No, I have to pay them to host me. But in saying that, I have the top three ESL podcasts in the world. Does that make sense? So I'm I'm volunteering my time and services because I live in my passion every single day. Vocational, that has to do with a job. Now, if we look at donation, that means you're given something. A contribution is kind of like you're given to an overall cause. So let's look at this. Of course, the Arsenio Buck Foundation, it, has, it, it, it did not take off. This would be a great time to have it take off just so I could like start delivering mass to some of the rural areas within Bangkok. Uh, but because of stipulations and all these different closures and whatnot, it's really hard for me. But again, that's me donating without anything in return. I'm doing it for the, from the good graces of my heart. A contribution. And again, I'll look up the, you know, I'm gonna hurry up and tune into this definition for you guys, just so you get the right thing. But a contribution is a gift or a payment to a common fund or a collection. So a lot of people make these contributions to places such as, what is that place you call that? Um, pencils of promise, pencils as promise something like that. And it's very disheartening to see these different organizations. You have UNICEF, you have uh, these different, they call them nonprofit organizations. But then you end up, uh, you know what's really disheartening? When you profit from other people's misfortunes. The majority of these types of organizations are very, uh, they, they just make me sick to my stomach. And that's why I'm like, let me start the Arsenio Buck Foundation and whereas I could give someone a QR code for when they donate, and then when I actually use their, their money, they'll get an email or a text message sent back to them said, saying, Arsenio used your money for this specifically. Because if you look at Pencils of Promise, I didn't really know about them until Gary V went to Ghana under the umbrella of Pencils of Promise. He never did that again, by the way, and I'm not exactly sure why. And I'm not exactly sure why would he even go to Ghana. Uh, but again, I think he was just doing this for likes and for people to like get to, uh, to, to figure out who he is and you know what he represented. This was back in the early stages of his thing, like 2015, 16, 17, before he actually blew up in 2018. However, Pencils of Promise, I saw that there was a guy by the name of Lewis Hose. He is an author in a podcast. Well, yeah, he's an author and a podcaster. Uh, or he has had the help to write a book and, you know, he's a podcaster. I'll repeat that. He ended up being at a gala convention. I'm like, okay, what's this about? Pencils of Promise. I said, wait, what? So you're at a gala convention with all these heavy hitters and Pencils of Promise is literally putting on a convention that must be 
a million dollars to host something like that to bring all these celebrities in and you're profiting from the overall purpose of doing something that helps people that are in need of help that gala convention i said wait you're a donating fund you're like people make contributions to you so you can help other people and apparently send these people in rural villages in el salvador and around peru and colombia to school but you're not doing that you're hosting gala conventions for what and this is why it is so upsetting and it makes me sick to my stomach because so much so many of these types of organizations exist and i want to create something that is completely what like if you make a contribution and I, I haven't even opened that up yet because I'm going to be doing this from my own pocket because it's part of my life assignment. I'm not some asshole that creates something and then gets celebrities to donate so you can make yourself bigger, but you're not really giving back to those that you are saying that you give back to. Are you inviting any of the people to this gala convention who donated $5, $10, $15, $20 throughout any course of the, like throughout the course of their life? Are you inviting them to meet some of these quote unquote celebrities? No. You're sick. And this is the problem with, of course, I'm not going to say American society. This is the problem with, again, these people who profit from others' misfortunes. I posted it. I told him. I said, I think it's disgusting what you guys are doing. And again, they probably get this content right. Well, we're sorry for the discernment. And they're, they're losing, using all these big vocabulary terms. I'm like, you don't even deserve my eyes. I'm not even going to read this, but I will call you out on your garbage. Just know that, uh, you know, UNICEF is another one. Uh, what is it? United Nations. I don't know what that's about. That's really bizarre. But um, in saying that, guys, donation, give it from your heart. If you accept contributions and you start up a gala convention, you are a disgusting, hor horrible person, okay? Now, if I open something and I have people donate because I'm going to go to Samoa or I'm going to go to Fiji and start helping, I'm going to document everything. I'm going to say, guys, here's the receipt. This is where your money went. Thank you so, so much. And I'm going to deduct that from the overall fund. And you guys are going to see that live. Why? Because that's what real human beings do. We don't profit from other people's misfortunes. So I do apologize for that long rant. But you can see how passionate I am about this. So anyways, something that could be beneficial to humanity ultimately becomes profitable see that gala convention and all that money this specific this pencils of promise let's send people back to school to get an education what education what education are you talking about the thing that i was taught and my ancestors were taught back in the late 1800s that's obsolete and 40 million people will be able to back up my claim in america because the unemployment they didn't know about skill sets. They thought they could just show up for work and they would always have something called job security. The only people that really profit are the ones in the upper hand chairs. You know what I mean? The CEOs. Disney, you know, the Disney's daughter. I forgot someone Disney. Her last name is Disney. I think it's the granddaughter or the great granddaughter of Walt Disney. She came out and said the CEO grows 47 million but laid off this amount of employees. She said, this, is, this makes me sick. She even called it out and said cuss words and everything. I said, baby, do your thing, do your thing. Because that could have been jobs and food on tables of other individuals out there in America. Do you understand what I'm saying?
profitable universities profit but do the people that go to the go to university profit no they're held in debt and they're going to be held in contempt for just about ever they didn't teach you that before you go so these are things to think about people it could be beneficial for universities for you to take out all these loans but is it beneficial for you in the long run unless you're going to be yes a nurse a doctor a lawyer all those good professional folks and again big thank you to every last one of the nurses and the doctors and everyone medical professionals out there who are on the front line and they are committing to stopping the craziness that is spreading around the world <sighs> but if you're not meant to become a nurse and you're going to school for business administration, there is no sense in getting a degree in business administration to work for someone who's possibly going to treat you horrible. No, wait, but in Japan, Korea, I understand that degrees are very uh, important. Saudi Arabia, I understand degrees are very important. We just talked about that, but I'm talking about big picture. If these people are out of jobs right now because of this COVID, now we gotta start having honest conversations. What's your motive? The motive, that means the why. The incentive is doing something to get money from it. Incentives, it's like a bonus. It's like a bonus, right? When it comes to business English in terms of investment. But the motive, the why behind everything, we've talked about that before. Now I wanna talk about empathy and sympathy. And then we're gonna talk about protests and campaigns. And you guys know what's happening, obviously out there in America right now. Places are erupting, it's chaos. I'm going to tell you a little something. There's sympathy, feeling sorry for someone, but there's empathy. You can learn from empathy. You can't learn from sympathy. Sympathy makes that person feel even lower. Empathy puts you in their shoes. The majority of America lacks that empathy because they don't put the people who are screaming out for help, they don't put themselves in their shoes. So if you look at it, it's all about commitment. This is what Eric Thomas said in one of the most amazing videos ever. Make a commitment. See, when the Montgomery, Alabama boycott happened, okay, this is the whole ordeal with Rosa Parks. She got thrown in jail. There was a huge movement. Uh, again, Montgomery, Alabama being one of the worst, worstly plagued race, racial infe racially infested towns in all of America. This is where they hosed down African Americans back in the 50s and 60s. And of course, we know the history behind that. There's a museum, a lynching museum out there, right? This is how, again, they basically got the slaves or whatever. And that, man, this was in 1940s. They were still lynching people too, okay? Sla uh, slavery was abolished before 1895, but of course we know that slavery was still running rampant from 1895 all the way up to probably World War II. Um, and saying that, what Rosa Parks did and what Martin Luther King did, they made a commitment to have everyone walk and not take the bus for 385 days. Not one week of protesting, not two weeks, not three weeks. And again, I love China, I love Hong Kong, but I'm using them as an example. They've made a commitment. I don't understand anything about that. I haven't looked into the story, but they've been protesting for almost a year. They've made a commitment. America, you can't just stop after one week, two weeks, three weeks. If you want to be heard, you gotta go on forever, like for the next year. And again, doing it in cities, again, there, it, it runs much deeper. You guys already know I'm a subject to that system. There have, there have been things that happened to me back in 2002 that's unexplainable. 
as a child, I saw things. I was put into positions where I, my jaw dropped and I'm like, what is going on here? I don't understand this. And I didn't understand the word racism until it happened to me. July 31st, 2002. Empathy. You got to put yourself in the shoes of these individuals who are crying out for help. Got to listen to them. What's happening? So when I look at people, uh, again, like I love um, Mother Teresa. She wasn't anti, she was more of a pro-peace, right? So I do not condone burning down anything. That's ridiculous. You're just going to create a lot of problems. What you have to do, you have to do pro-peace marches and you have to do it forever because you have to make a commitment to what your dream is. Going back to Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. He had a dream. You got to make a commitment. If you want the uh, change, okay? And again, having this specific person in office out there in America, it has created, and I knew this back in 2016, I knew that this country would become completely undone because the rhetoric, because the divisiveness within his soul. And here it is, we're witnessing it right now. And hey, you know what I mean? I'm in Thailand. All I can say is observe what I'm observing right now but it's all about unification and coming together. And this is what I kind of see right now. Don't burn things down, but when I see someone of Caucasian, African-American, Latino-American, Asian-American, whatever, all backgrounds marching together, this is the change. Because now they are empathists because they're putting themselves in our shoes right next to us and they're walking with us. That is change. That is the most powerful six-letter word in all of humanity. I am not for protest. I'm for campaigns. You got a campaign. It's kind of like all these presidential ridiculous debates and all that craziness, right? Oh, yeah, we got this thing happening over here. And I, I, I'm not for any of that garbage. No, because, again, it's all about you. You have a choice every day, and you have to make a choice either to go left or do what's right. And so... They should campaign. No more protesting. No more burning. No more doing any of that. Get as many people together every single day for the next year and walk down those streets. Crowd it. I'm talking make traffic jams, all that stuff. Cops can't do anything. Just don't break stuff because that just defeats the purpose. All right? Because then people are going to say, you guys should be thrown in jail. No. A pro-peace march. Do what Mother Teresa did. Do what the great Martin Luther King did. The Montgomery, Alabama boycott, bus boycott. Do what they did. 385 days of not taking the bus until black people could sit anywhere on that bus. Not in the damn back. See what I mean? These are powerful vocabulary terms. These are things we're going to be talking about. So if we go into some of the sentences here. Um, but you know what? Let me do a couple of, because I know I have a class coming up in about 12 minutes. So let's go into some of these sentences real quick. The first sentence is, it is, it is hard to know how, oh my God, what is it? Ignoring gaps, A3. Yeah, it is hard to know how best to help people in need. Well, I'm kind of for Isabel, Isabel Hunt. She's a person I brought onto the podcast early, ooh, early 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And Isabel Hunt, she said, don't help them because that's going to make them feel weak. This is what Yvette Rose, author, who I brought onto my personal development podcast says. She said, do not make them feel even less than what they, they believe at that time that they are. 
You got to support them. See, if I go to the rural villages out there and, you know, uh, in different, you know, the mountainous, the mountainous people in Bolivia or in Peru, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there and say, well, you know, guys, I'm going to give you all my money because money's going to help. No, I got to somehow plant a seed within the mind of those human beings so that they can live independently and that they can help their fellow people. See, it's hard how to help someone best, people in need best. See, if I go to Klong Thuy, one of the slums out here in Thailand, if I give them money, does that help them? No. If I give them food, does that help them? It feeds them for today, but it doesn't feed them for eternity. We already know that saying, right? Give a man a fish, he'll eat for the day. Teach him how to fish, he'll eat forever. Something like that. I paraphrased it a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. So sure, you can get all these people out here, you know, making these documentaries about these slums. Oh my God, I feel so sorry for these people. These reporters going to, you know, places in Afghanistan and where there's just rampant war and, set and just interviewing these people who might not be alive the next day. That's horrible. That's no empathy. You're literally profiting from those people's misfortune. And this is why I am diametrically opposed to all of that nonsense. See. Going into the next one, helping both friends and strangers is a moral duty. Yes, because if you help one person and not the other based on who they are or what they represent, you're not living in alignment with yourself. You're not following the Mahatma Gandhi, right? Mahatma Gandhi, what? Damn, I keep, you, sometimes I get them confused with the whole gender. What Mahatma Gandhi thought and spoke he did. Does that make sense? What he thought, he spoke, and what he spoke, he acted on. See, those three things, or I think there's up to four, we do completely opposite. What we think, we say a completely different thing, and what we say is totally different from what we do. Does that make sense? So, if a stranger is in need of help, if I see a dog out there on the street and is getting ready to bark at some children, you know I'm going to go save that child. I don't give a damn who he is. I don't, I don't give a damn what part of America I would be in or what part of the Democratic Republic of Congo. It doesn't matter. Helping is helping. Helping is helping. And again, if someone is having, you, you know, and this is why I would love, well, uh, not necessarily love. We got to be able to train people. Uh, and there needs to be suicide prevention programs. Not only that, but depression programs. There are too many people into uh, depression right now. You know, the suicide hotlines out there in Japan are reading off the hook. Man, if I could help those folks. If someone had a problem, and you know, this just happened today. A guy had messaged me, uh, not messaged me, but he posted on one of my photos and he said, I'm gonna apply for jobs. I said, you got yourself an accountability partner. How many jobs? 20, okay, but I have anxiety. And I checked out his profile. He, only, he had only three photos, posted a couple of things in terms of the protest, but then, I saw some of his hashtags and it says suicide. It said depression, depressed, a lot of negativity. I could feel it in his voice. This man is depressed. And this is why I don't know how he ended up finding me. But now I'm like, okay, you make sure you follow me. Follow me and I'll get you out of there. See, I do that from the good graces of my heart. Referring back to, again, the donation, and the contribution. 
Me, I do this because it's my life assignment. Other people do it because they want to profit. They want to make it profitable. You guys get what I'm saying? So a moral duty. The thing is, you can't teach moral. You can't teach morale. I'm sorry. Everyone's moral duty can be completely different in different cultures around the world. But if someone needs help, you help them. Guys, I'll give you this story. In the south of Thailand, there was one time this lady right across the street from where I live, she used to cook the most delicious cuisine ever. One night, I remember I was laying on my bed and I heard a lot of banging outside and smashing and glasses. I said, what the hell's going on? I went to my balcony. This old man was breaking and screaming everything right there on the street. I didn't know what was happening. Passerbys were just watching this old man lose his shit. The very next day, he came back. He had a knife, and he was, gonna, he was threatening his daughter. He was threatening to kill his daughter. This man was about 70. His daughter is like 45 to 50. He was upset because the man, the man that she married, his name is Mr. Sawat. He's just mad. He's angry. And I'm like, whoa, so you're going to kill your daughter? And I said, oh, hell no. All these Thai people are watching. I'm like, yeah, this is so Thailand. I ran up. That guy chased me with a knife. Of course, he's 70 years old. He ran maybe about five feet. But I had to run all the way around the block, and I prevented it. The cops don't show up here in Thailand. It takes them two hours to show up. No traffic jams either, okay? We're talking. They just sit there. They're like, ah, it's a family thing. Just let them kill each other. Not me. This is a woman. I did the moral thing. I did the moral the moral duty of helping another individual not die. <laughs> one of the teachers at one of the, you know, the prestigious schools out there, she's like, hey, come back. Don't get in that. The guy at the, you know, downstairs at my apartment, he's like, hey, they're family. Don't get into that. I said, man, you guys got it all backwards. Something seriously wrong with you people. Seriously. This is disgusting. For you to say that is what's wrong with humanity. But you know what? I really hope you remember this and what happened this evening. That man never came back, by the way. She's still alive. She's still with her wonderful husband, who I went on the most strenuous 90-kilometer bike ride ever. This guy is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal soul. Mr. Sowat, love him like I do my next breath. And I hope at some point that idea and that, that God damn, that black dude, the hell's he doing? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, you need to say why did he do that? Oh, he did that because he wanted to save a life. You know what? I think something is wrong with my morals. I need to switch my sh up. You see what I mean? I changed it. I helped someone. And you could do that by your actions. So in saying that, online tools, yes, it has enhanced our ability to do good now. Eric Thomas was preaching this morning. He said, man, don't do this just for one week just so you can profit from it. You need to continue doing this over and over and over. All the messages that I put out, it's solid. It's beautiful. It's everything. The Global Coaches Podcast. That's another podcast, by the way, with um, coaches from Swaziland, South Africa, and Norway. Um, you guys should tune into that. That is phenomenal. Um, but, um, you know, me doing that, yes, I have the ability to do good. Don't say it's technology. Don't say it's social media that's bad. No, it's all based on choice. We got to stop blaming. People were saying the telescope was bad when the telescope came out. People said video games are bad. I don't think they're saying that anymore because they realize, oh, that is a bunch of ridiculous nonsense. People are now blaming social media. Now, social media plays a role in, you know, uh, voting and all that craziness. Okay, by all means. But come on, guys. Responsibility and accountability. 
if you could post a positive me uh, uh, message, know that you could impact millions of people around the world. Understand that and know that. Guys, we have two different tasks that are going to be available in blog form on thearseniobuckshow.com. So you make sure you go on there. And with that being said, we got ourselves a long reading. So you better get ready. You got yourself a notepad. Get yourself a pen. Get ready to take some notes because we got a lot to do. I'm your host, Arsenio, as always. I'm done preaching for today. You be good and you lend a hand over and out.